Off now I'm on the phone, Caitlin. Give us a minute. Yes, darling. I'm, I'm leaving in 15 minutes. No, there's, there's nothing going work-wise at the moment. I give the Gibbons brothers the weekend off. They're heading down to Listoon Varna to find a wife. No, the Matchmaker Festival is on this weekend. They, they just think they have a good shot of finding a wife. Is that Deborah? It is. I, I'll tell you, said hello. Deborah, that was Caitlin. She says hello. I never asked you to do that. She says hello back. I never said to say hello to her in the first place. You're misrepresenting me. I will, of course. See you soon. Is she still there? No, she's gone. Well, next time you're talking to her ladyship, can you tell her I did not say hello? She ruined my family's business. Why would I be saying hello to her? She let you keep your job when she bought the place, didn't she? At half my old salary, Willie. I've been meaning to tell her. It could be worse. You could be on the same money as Tom. Ah, poor Tom. You'd almost feel sorry for him if it wasn't for the way he is. Ah, yeah. Is it even legal, the little you'd be paying him? He's family, so Deborah can pay him what she likes. Employment opportunities aren't exactly thick on the ground for poor old Tom since he got back from his holiday. I heard he was doing a course. He was on holiday doing a course. Doesn't sound like he'd much of a holiday. What was the course he was doing? My ears are burning. You know what that means? Someone's talking about your ear. Or both ears. I've got the hair all polished, Willie, so I might take off. Well, fair play to you, Tom. I'm sure it looks mighty. Do you have any plans for the weekend? I'm driving as far as Gort for rehearsals. I've been blackballed by the local musical society for going to auditions for another group. Ah, uh, no, Caitlin, that's not true. Willie, with the greatest of respect, you don't know what you're talking about. I know more than you'd think. And how much do you think I think you know? Uh, nice try, Caitlin, with your fancy BA. I refuse to answer any question I don't understand. Fair enough. Have you any plans for the weekend yourself, Tom? Well, funny you should say that. Bridie said I could take her for a spin tomorrow night. Oh, yes. And pray tell, what are you taking her for a spin in? A washing machine? Actually, Willie, I was wondering if I could borrow your car. I needed to visit your sister. Fair enough. What about the hearse? Oh, yeah. That's what every woman wants. The Grim Reaper's chauffeur pulling up into her drive. What's the alternative, Caitlin? Bring her around on the crossbar of a bike? Of course not, Tom. You don't have a bike. (laughs) I'm only messing with you. Here, let, let's take a look at the horse, and... Oh, very good. Was it one coat or two you gave it, Tom? It was one, but... Uh, one's plenty, Willie. Oh, is it, Caitlin? It's five to six on Friday evening. Would you not just let him off at one coat? Was it five to six already? God, I hope we haven't missed the death notices. In the next hour, we're going to be talking to Barnasloe's neatest child. Disgraced councillor Barney Dunn is coming in to attempt to gear his name. And celebrity barber Pugnacious Larkin is going to stop by to teach us CPR. But first, here are the death notices for Galway City and County. The death has occurred of Francie White, oh, teacher, early enthusiast and B&B proprietor. He is survived by his family. His wake is in his home tonight with his funeral tomorrow at the Church of the Assumption. Donations by request to the GAA. I hit him for sixth class. He stole my calculator watch. That's Francie White from up the road. No, he's from down the town. We used to egg his house on the last day of school. Yeah, well, whichever end of town he's from, he's dead now. Of course. 
It was too much to ask for one weekend off to spend with my wife. Oh, well, I bet if Fancy knew the distress he'd be causing you, he'd have waited to die at a more convenient time. Still, with his passing, there's now a vacancy on the Musical Society Committee. Caitlin, that's an awful thing to be thinking about. And the man isn't even cold and... Oh, wait, wasn't he also in the Chamber of Commerce? He was. Hot diggity dog. Hello? Yes, yes, I just heard. Very sad. Mm, of course, of course. No problem at all. We'll be in touch. And Lisa, we're sorry for your trouble. Was that the Widow White? It was. Tom, you look like a man who's handy with a shovel. I am, but not as handy as the Gibbons brothers. They're off to Clare for the weekend and I don't have a mobile phone between them. So you want me to dig the grave on my own? Now you've got it, and I believe in incentivizing my workforce. You let me borrow your car to pick up riding... No, but you can borrow the hearse. Just don't lose the keys. Who's got the best brother-in-law? Parik Harrington. His brother-in-law is his caddy. He pays him well. Treats him no, right. No, no, no. I, I meant me. Just say him, Tom, or we'll be here all day. It's you. Correct. And Caitlin? The Widow White had a request about the presentation of her late husband. Actually, I'd better ring... Deborah and tell her I can't come down for the, for the weekend. Or maybe, no, I'll send her a text and then I'll turn off my phone. But, uh, God, oh, she, she'll be crushed, so she will. But, I mean, <laughs> the work, uh, work comes before the wine and the dine. Your boyfriend at Dublin will be happy. <laughs> Tom, you're some messer. <laughs> sure I am. Tom, is that you? It is, Maureen. How are you? Where are the Gibbons brothers? Have you taken their job? They're abroad in Clare for the weekend. Mammy, is that Tom Keneen in that grave? It is, Lily. Hello, Lily. He's stolen the job from the Gibbons brothers. Has he? Well, they won't be happy about that. No, ladies. We're misunderstanding each other. Willie gave the Gibbons brothers the weekend off because there weren't any graves that needed digging. I see. So what are you digging this grave for? Practice or something? You're going to get better on the sly and then challenge them to some sort of grave digging competition. They're not the brightest bulbs in the electricity shop, but I'll say this much for the Gibbons brothers. They'd never leave the gate between John Joe's field and the graveyard open. That's the truth of it. Fancy White died. This is his grave. Is that right? The old schoolmaster? Isn't that terrible? And he taught you, didn't he, Tom? He did. And this is how you repay him, by gossiping, is it? No, I was never gossiping. Who's gossiping? Mr Dempsey, how are you? Tom here was gossiping about how Fonzie White died. Oh, were you, Tom? Fonzie wouldn't like that. Luckily, he's not in any position to do anything about it. Uh, Are you taking over from the Gibbons brothers? No, just a substitution job. I see that gate into John Joe's field is wide open. It was like that when I got here. Are you going to close it or are you just going to stand in your hole making excuses? With the greatest of respect, Maureen. If you feel so strongly about the gate, there's nothing stopping you from closing it. You've some cheek, Tom Canine, ordering my mother to close gates while you're lounging around in your little pit playing with your shovel. You've changed since you got back from your trip. I thought he was off doing a course. I heard he was in prison. Oh. Nula from the chemist saw him on the news, protesting abroad in Dublin like some headbanger. God, is that right? He's not denying it. How can I deny it when you don't give me a chance to get a word in edgeways? It's like being at an auction. Auction? What's he on about at all, Lily? I haven't the faintest, Mr Dempsey, to tell you the truth. He's in a world of his own in that hole, so he is, God bless him. Did you know Fonzie well? Ah, I did not. In fact, I think I hated him. Did you now? I think I did. I'm almost certain of it, in fact. 
Mammy was saying the same thing. He was a very over-familiar sort of fella. What was the name you called him, Mammy? It was very funny. A creep. The whole family are creeps. Mean people. That was it. Have you ever heard of anything so funny in all your life? Jesus, I'm relieved you weren't fans of his either. He used to teach me in sixth class. One day we were seeing who could puck the schlitter the furthest. I had this calculator watch. Oh. Did you hear that, Mammy? He had a calculator and a watch. I saved up a load of Weetabix tokens. Took me close to three years. It was a calculator and a watch. I mean, stuff of science fiction back then. And it played like Kucha Racha as an alarm. I never cared for that song. I've never heard of it. I don't care for music. Anyway, go on. Are you sure? Hurry up and get it over with. And close that gate. So we're pucking the ball and I take my watch off to allow my wrist maximum movability. I lay it down on the ground next to the goalpost beside Mr White. He was the only one there. I puck the ball and then I go back to the goalpost to get the watch. And it's gone. He says he didn't see it. I search and I search and I search and the watch doesn't turn up. The next year I go to secondary school and my neighbour, Danny Coslow, who's a year younger than me, has Mr White. And he says that he's got this calculator watch and he's always playing with hang it. Hang on, hang so, on, hang on. Danny Coslow is a year younger than you. Just, I thought he was a decade younger than you, to be honest. He's looking great, isn't he, ladies? Danny yeah. Coslow, oh, compared yeah, yeah. to this lad. He's got alive. Just a decade. God. And I, so you got the watch back in the end, you're saying? Well, no. Are you accusing a dead man of stealing a watch from a child? Well, that's the most disrespectful thing I think I've ever you heard. You said you hated him a minute ago. No, I did not. I never said anything of the sort. I said I thought I hated him. But on reflection, I don't. I might even call up the house later on to pay my respects. You mean you might call up for the free buffet? We should go too, Mammy. Pay our condolences. Oh yeah, up to the creep family, huh? Creeps are people too. Best get out of the rain, ladies. Tom, we'll be talking to you. Caitlin, have you finished with Fonsi? I have. Took me ages to make him look lifelike. He had quite grey skin even before he died. He was a bit scaly, all right. You didn't happen to see a watch on him by any chance. Why do you want to know? Because I'm the world's worst grave robber. I thought it best to come in and make an announcement about my criminal plans like a James Bond baddie. Yeah, well, there was no watch. That watch belonged to me. No watch belonged to you. Fonsi robbed a calculator watch of me when I was a young lad. Well, whatever he's done with it... He's taken that secret to the grave. I'll have to get good at the Ouija board if I'm ever going to see that shagging thing again. Tom, you were in the musical society, weren't you? A few years ago, when Danny Whelan made all his regulars pay off their tabs by helping out backstage, they were doing Peter Pan. Oh yeah, how did that pan out? Eight trunks operating eight ropes suspended eight different kids. How do you think? Okay, yeah, well, enough of your constant string of defeats, Tom. Did you know all the members of the committee? I did. Most of them drank in Whelan's. Let's see, there was Fancy. He's dead. I'd heard. Then there's Danny Whelan, the landlord. What's he like? Bit of a temper. Depends on the mood you get him in. Right. And does he pick the musical? Danny Whelan picking musicals, would you stop? No, Danny's primary interest with the musicals is the money he gets from letting people use the field between his pub and the school gym as a car park. He doesn't give a hoot about what musical they do, just as long as his idiot son Pascal is in it. Pascal? Oh, not the fellow who played the lawyer in Chicago. He couldn't remember any of his lines. Half the audience thought his character was schizophrenic. There were so many people whispering his lines to him. 
that's the lad. He has a medical reason for not being able to learn his lines. What's that? He's very lazy. So who is in charge of picking the musical and casting? I think it's old Maureen. You know her daughter, Lily. Oh, the regulars. Yeah, there's every funeral going. If you get in well with them, they could help you out. On the downside, though, it involves spending time with them. And they're both insane. They were providing me with a running commentary earlier when I was digging Fancy's grave. I bet they were trying to find out where you've been for the last two months. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, where have you been for the last two months? I was, uh, <clears throat> on holiday. Two minute warning, folks. We need that corpse up to the house before eight. Otherwise, we might run the risk of having to stay for the priest. Tom, did you hear me? I heard you, Willie. Jesus Christ. You shouldn't let him talk to you like that. He's the boss. No, your sister's the boss. He's the pretend boss while she's away buying up toxic housing estates. You were away when she bought this place. She gave it to him. What was he even doing before this? Oh, he ran a high-end health food shop. And what happened to that? Well, it closed down. So he's completely unqualified just like you. The only difference is he acts like he knows what he's doing, whereas you act like you're just waiting to get caught out. I suppose. And don't forget, the ace up your sleeve... He's afraid of your sister. I'm also afraid of my sister. Yeah, but you hide it better than he does. Are you deaf or what? Cool your jets, Willie. Fancy'll still be dead when we get there. I don't want to leave it any later. I'd rather not be driving in this weather. I can drive. Throws the keys. Are you sure you won't throw them away by mistake? I'll try my best. You need to relax, Willie. I I, I just don't want to get stuck in the prayer. We won't get stuck in. And if we do, we can just leave. That's some of the best praying I think I've ever seen in my life. Fair play to all of you. Now, it's not canon, but I believe that every prayer gives Fancy an extra rung on the ladder to heaven, which, as we all know, starts out as two massive poles that all souls must scale in order to reach their eternal reward. Now, Fancy, as you all know, was a teacher. He's great compassion, great sense of fairness. I, I remember popping into the school once to see him and God, he was giving an inspiring talk to two of uh, his more disgruntled students in the corridor. He said these words and I'll never forget them. He said, I don't care who started it, I'll finish it. And uh, really, that was fancy in a nutshell. He was great at finishing things. Be it the, uh, the extension on the house he took over from the builders after he was convinced they were using the upstairs toilet despite it being off limits or to any number of projects. Um, he was always great at finishing things. Fonzi, like many people here, was big into the GAA. Now, his uh, unusually long, slender neck earned him the nickname Flamingo, made him an easy target for opposing players. But Flamingo was a true pioneer of, of diving in the sport of hurling and fiercely opposed helmets of any kind. So in many ways, it's a pity he didn't die before helmets were made mandatory, but fear not, Fancy, there's no need for, for helmets in, in heaven. Now, he, he loved the pub, of course, and he was always the first one in there on weekends or during the summer holidays, and you could always count on him to just to just be there, down the pub, with the lads, talking about the under-21s, safe in the knowledge that there was a good woman whose name escapes me, but she was a good woman at home, looking after the kids, with a big feed ready for him to put in the microwave after he came home, 
Shkutter to two in the morning. So let's say another, I don't know, another hour of prayers? All right, another hour of prayers. Let's go. Christ, Willie, we're entering the third hour. Didn't I tell you we shouldn't be late? We should have been here at a quarter to eight. Drop the body off at the house. Come back the next morning to transport it to the church. Well, we're almost finished. Then we can start thinking of making a break for it. I have to do a bit of schmoozing about the Chamber of Commerce. Grease the spokes of democracy, as the saying goes. That's not a saying. Well, then, as the fella says. No fella ever said that. Yeah, Willie. Stop misquoting the fella. Hello, Tom. Willie. How are you, lads? Good now. Lily. Willie and Lily. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. How so? Oh, the names, uh, they rhyme. <laughs> what did she say? She thinks my name's stupid, Mammy. Oh, does she now? And what's her name? Queen England? No, no, it's it's Caitlin. And I, I never said Lily's name was stupid. Oh, she's changing her tune now. Speaking of tunes, Caitlin's involved with the musical society. We're doing My Fair Lady next. Oh, really? Um, have you, have you cast your Liza? Not yet. Who is she asking all these questions? She's the girl who went to the Gork Musical Society. Turned her back on the local group. Well, that was just because I wasn't getting any parts here. In in college, I was the lead in all the musicals and I used to... I'm bored, Lily. Bring me to the corpse. Thanks a million for that, Tom. I tried to help. You're the one who keeps bringing up your college career. God bless the walk. How are you, Mr Dempsey? Are you well, Mr Dempsey? It's a sad occasion. One day you're alive and the next... The next you're... You're dead. You're what? He said you're dead. Is that a threat? Jesus, Mr. Dimsey, she was just finishing off your thought. I didn't come to a funeral to be threatened. No, you came to steal the sandwiches. I did not, to the best of your knowledge anyway. Did you know Fancy well? I did, yeah, since we were young lads. She found a video of a match he played 40 years ago. Is that right? That's mighty. I thought I'd give it to his widow. Fancy only came on as a sub in the last few minutes of it, but... That's a nice thought, Mr Dempsey. I know it is. I wouldn't have it here otherwise, would I? Jesus, relax, would you, Mr Dempsey? I am relaxed. More than you. You're glad he's dead, so you are. That's not a nice thing to say now, Mr Dempsey. I don't blame him for hating him. Someone stole my watch and then shoved it in my face at their funeral. What are you on about? Your calculator watch. It's on his wrist inside. Caitlin... You said it wasn't there. Well, it wasn't earlier. His widow must have put it on him since. And why would she do that? Well, maybe she was afraid one of us would steal it. That's very accurate in this instance. But in any other time, that'd be very rude. Where are you going? To get my watch back. I've heard of a cradle robber before. Someone who steals cradles. But a grave robber? (laughs) I've heard it all now. Uh, Any chance you were involved in the musical society, Mr Dempsey? Only in an audience capacity. Of course, I wrote a musical once about the rising, but it was a bit too raw for the committee. Oh, is that right? Oh, the money for the fake blood alone would have pushed the budget into the hundred thousands. Now, if you'll excuse me, I saw some unmade, unattended sandwiches in the next room. That is to say, I saw a loaf of bread. I'll talk to you later. You are looking very pleased with yourself. Why wouldn't I be? Me and Watchy reunited after 30 years. And listen, the alarm still works. I just had a great chat with Grace from the Chamber of Commerce. The only other person who's approached them about Fonzie's old seat was the headbanger who owns a second-hand bookstore. This week, 
Chamber of Commerce. Next week, the doll. Unless the lad who runs the second-hand bookstore beats you to it. Unlikely. Anyway, the Widow White wants the coffin brought to the church tonight instead of the morning. Could you go out and start the car? I'm going to talk to the lady who owns the chemist, butter her up a bit. How are you getting on with the musical society people, Caitlin? Oh, all right. Lily won't forgive her for auditioning for the Gart Musical Society. What did you do that for? That's committing local musical society suicide. Do you want to hear it? What's that? My 1916 musical. What, did you have it on tape? No, it's all up here. Do you see where I'm pointing? Yeah, yeah, I do. You're pointing at your head. My head is where all the music lives. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> so very sad about Mr. White. The stage is black. Oh, Jesus. The orchestra starts playing the overture. La, 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 or something. Yeah, that sounds great, Mr. Dempsey. I just have to go and... Enter um... Michael Collins. He's covered in blood. His body is battle-weary, and he's killed over a hundred men making him the most prolific serial killer of the early 20th century. Yeah, now wait now, Mr Dempsey. Michael Collins was a soldier. He killed other soldiers. He didn't murder people willy-nilly. So far, it's not passing the historical accuracy test, Mr Dempsey. Ah, just Caitlin, you're worse than the musical society. Anyway, I'll continue. For Christ's sake. Michael Collins walks out into the middle of the stage. He sniffs the air and scowls at the audience. And he says... There's a bomb somewhere in this room, and I'll only tell the man who defeats me in a fight. Then the audience is encouraged to line up in the aisles, while our Michael Collins punches them all in the face. No, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Dempsey. I don't have to listen to any more of this. It's disrespectful. It'll be disrespectful not to tell his story. But that wasn't his story. What was his story? It wasn't that. Show us what you know. I might try and see if God wants it. Oh, yeah. A musical where a fake Michael Collins challenges the audience to a fist fight has got Gort written all over it. Caitlin, I didn't give you the keys, did I? No, I did not. Right. Well, where did you last have them? I had them when I was driving. Well, obviously. I locked the hearse, helped move the coffin. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, no. What? What is it? It must have fallen out of my pocket when I was stealing back my watch. The family are saying their goodbyes. Can you create some sort of distraction or... I most certainly will not. Please, Caitlin. This job, it's all I have. And why is that? Because... Because I was in prison for two months. Ha! I knew it! Willie said you're on holidays. Then he said you were on a course. The only course you've ever been on is a course of antipsychotic medication. It wasn't for anything violent. I, I was up in Dublin, having a nose around one of them ghost estates. There's copper wire, free money. So... So I helped myself. And when I was walking out, there was a load of commotion and the Gardaí cars were in the street. So I dumped the copper wire and one thing led to another. And, well, I was arrested for accidentally being part of a mob that detained the tarnished and her care. But I maintain I didn't know what was happening. Well, he was the only person who'd give me a job. And if I lose those keys, well then... Fine, Tom. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Could you create some sort of distraction? I'll help. Jesus, where did you come from, Dimsey? I'll help you if you help me. And what do you need? A hand stealing sandwiches that you're going to resell in a shop? That's libelous, so it is. There's a big plate of them in the kitchen that some of the cousins are abusing. I'll go over and pick them up like I'm passing them around, and then I'll put them in a bag for you. Is that okay, Mr. Dempsey? How does that sound? Oh, good woman. 
I need you to get everybody out of the room that the coffin is in. Oh, don't worry about that. Accord you, I'd like to say a few words about the man himself. But, why say when I can show? I have a video of one of his matches that I thought we could all have a look at. If you don't mind following me into the back room. It's working. <laughs> it's a miracle. I'll steal those sandwiches. You see about getting back them keys. Tom. What's he at at all? What's he doing? He's touching the corpse. I dropped my keys in. While he was robbing body parts to sell on the black market, no doubt. Tom, what are you doing? I was uh, saying goodbye. Well, stop messing with the corpse. We have to get the coffin into the hearse. You left these in the car door. I know I did. And why was that? It was, um... Do you know nothing about being an undertaker? Leaving the key in the hearse is a way of giving the dead a key to heaven. Exactly. Uh, Of course, I knew that. Tom! I'll get to it, Willie. Jesus, would you let me say goodbye first? He taught me for an entire year, apart from Christmas, Easter, summer and the days I was mitching. Thanks for that, Maureen. I don't like you. But that lad, I don't like him also. You like him less than me? I suppose I do today anyway. But I want half of those sandwiches you've been stealing from Mr Dempsey. He resells them to shops, you know. He resells them to your shop? Exactly. I want to cut out the middleman. So after they spent an hour trying to find a video player to show the tape of the match, it turns out that Dempsey had brought the video for Space Jam instead. And what happened next? Apparently they all stayed and watched it. Everyone except for Maureen and her daughter Lily. They were seen walking down the road with a bin bag full of sandwiches. Did you hear the rumour that they resell those sandwiches in their shop? Well, I mean, you can't believe every rumour going around. Sure, I even heard gossip that Tom was a, a political prisoner. That doesn't sound like me. No. <laughs> Nels Tom Mandela. <laughs> no, that's madness. We don't need that spread around. Not now that I'm in the Chamber of Commerce. Almost in. Yeah, as good as in. I might have an audition for the Musical Society. Lily and Maureen and I reached um, an understanding. That is to say, I looked the other way while they robbed a load of sandwiches. Jesus, Kate. But you'd have done the exact same. Hey, stop fighting. We're at the gravesite. The family are waiting. Here come the pallbearers. Sorry for your troubles. Sorry for your troubles. Sorry for your troubles. Give us a hand with the coffin, Willie. Oh, I have this in, inverted shoulder. <clears throat> Come on, would you? The grave is only ten metres away. Oh, oh. Nearly there, lads. Just a few more yards. Uh, uh, what the? Jesus, lads, you're after dropping the coffin. Well, we didn't think there'd be a cow in the grave. How are we going to get it out? I don't know how, but hurry before the rest of the family gets They're here. They're a minute behind us. That's impossible. Well, at least can we put Fancy back in the coffin before we do anything else? I told you to close that gate. Tom Keneen was told to close that gate, but would he listen? Tom Keneen told me to close that gate. Can you imagine? And now isn't there a cow within in there stopping poor old Fancy White from getting his final resting place? Tom. Willie, I, I didn't... You've I mean... done plenty. Just go over to Mrs White and tell her the situation when we try and figure out what to do. Mrs. White, 
very sorry about this, but it appears a cow has fallen into the grave. A cow? That's right. (laughs) Fancy would have found that very funny. He was always giving out about people leaving the gate open next to the graveyard. Oh, I bet he was. I remember back in school when... when uh, That's Fonzie's alarm. Uh, uh, well, you see, actually, Mrs. White, it's... Thief! Thief! Oh, God damn it. Sorry for Your Troubles was written and directed by Giles Brody. It was produced by Conor O'Toole. It featured Neil Malloy, Philippa Dunn, Edwin Salmon, Hannah Mamalus, Giles Brody, and Colin Chadwick. The music was written and produced by Brian Kelly of SoCal, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee.